Hello, my beautiful soul sister. In this episode, I have the amazing Madeline Moon here with me. And Maddie is amazing. She's an author, teacher, podcast host, retreat leader, and transformational life coach who is really passionate about teaching about the feminine and masculine energies and how to harmonize those two energies to really create more fulfillment in your life more harmony in your relationships, more abundance in your business. And I love the way that she teaches this and breaks it down in this episode. So I know that you're going to get a lot out of this. You're going to learn so much and it's really powerful stuff. It's And it inspired me to dive even deeper into it as well. So make sure that you check Maddie out. You can find all her links and everything in the show notes. And also let me know how you like this episode, what you get out of it, what your ahas are. Hit me up on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe. So without further ado, let's welcome Maddie onto the show. Welcome to the spiritual boss babe podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. All right. Welcome, Maddie. I am so excited to have you on the show and for you to share your magic with everyone. It's an honor to have you here. Mm, Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. I love what you're doing in the world and the community that you've created, as I've told you before. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see where this goes today. Yeah, same here. I love your energy and everything that you're doing and really resonate with the work that you're doing and how you're helping other people and just the energy overall of what you bring to the table. And I would love to hear like how, like what really led you down your path to spirituality, to starting your own business and really sharing your message with the world. Okay. I know it's a big one. (laughs) This is a big story. I'll try to make it concise as I, as I normally do, but, um, sometimes it has so many different faucets to it. So here we go. The place that I like to begin generally was to give a little bit of context in the way that I was raised. So I was raised in an incredibly, um, loving environment and home and um, my parents were doing the absolute best that they they could to make sure that I was always safe. You know, um, I'm one of two girls that they had, and I think only having girls really made them think that protection was everything. And so they use protection around every detail of my life when it comes to who I'm spending my time with, like to a T, making sure every friend that I had was pretty vetted or what show I'm watching or what time I have a show that's on. And everything felt like it was really um, monitored and there was a right and a wrong. And there was also, I was raised very conservative Christian and 
again, I'm really rooted now, now that I can take this bird's eye view that they were really doing all this from their, their love. But for me and the way that I am biologically, I took a lot of this religion and the um, conservativeness and the right and wrong. And I fueled it into this OCD and also this fear that everything needed to be this way or I was bad. I was bad. It was shame, not guilt. It was like right to the shame Mm -hmm. um, of just something is wrong with me if I have these kind of thoughts or I want these kinds of things. And a lot of my exploration felt really limited. And as I got older, I needed to, to funnel this this fear or this OCD nature into some place so that I felt I could gain some sort of control. And like a lot of women that went right into weight and body image and exercise addiction and controlling everything, that led into every single diet you could possibly think of underneath the sun and eventually bodybuilding. And so once I got into bodybuilding, there was like this nice clean and concise way where I could um, look really healthy, look really fit, have this tan, be glamorous, but Mm. also have this pretty much a secret eating disorder and obsession. Mm. And that reached a rock bottom, a really, really deep rock bottom. And I needed to go through the seven years of disordered eating to get to that place where I finally just said, I am so tired of building this external armor to keep the world out. I'm so tired of creating this external armor of always trying to get bigger, be harder, be one of the guys because I'm cutting off my relationship with my own body. And this goes so deep. Mm. Um, I'm cutting off my relationship with other women because I have this story that men are better than women. I was falling right into that patriarchal mindset because no one ever told me how incredibly equal we all are. I did not know that. Like I, I was I was very much in this thought that like women needed to be submissive. Wow. So no wonder I'm trying to be one of the guys so desperately with mm-hmm. creating the most manly looking body I possibly could, but also wanting to be beautiful and perfect and thin. So now that I'm looking back at all of this in my life and um in the rock bottom that I hit, I could see, I can see so clearly how a lot, I mean, there's so many different pieces to this of self-acceptance and letting go of perfectionism and embracing my dark side and my shadow. But where I really love to live now and what I really love to, to spend my time geeking out on and really focusing on is how the disharmony between my feminine and masculine energies of seeing these two energies, not as woman and man and not as strong and weak and all of that, but seeing it as feminine and masculine and learning how to harmonize the soft bits of me, the bits of me that wanted to weigh more, like my body physically wanted to weigh more in order for me to emotionally become soft, for me to not have to be in control all the time. And then also be able to step more into my depth and my consciousness. And and uh, going to your question about spirituality, I you know, for some people, religion is love to them. It wasn't love to me. So there was a period probably four years ago where I had to move away from that and go more into spirituality. Wow. And that just like healed so much for me. I finally got to look at my sexuality and look at this thing of the feminine masculine and look at my relationships with people and, and my judgments. And that's not the case for everyone. Sometimes it's vice versa. But for me, where I really gained my grounding, but also my lightness, was this newfound belief that spirit is already within me. I'm not, I wasn't born flawed, a sinner, tainted, 
bad. Um, and in fact, I am pure goodness. And my body in every shape it takes is pure goodness. And my heart is pure goodness. And I think in the in the process of learning how to believe that slowly but surely, the dark side of me became easy to accept because even that I could find like God within that. Mm. So um, yeah, that's what I that like I teach that today, and I have a podcast and host retreats and all of that. So um, that's that's where I got. To, I didn't really cover the business portion, which we can. No, go it's on. okay. We can. But that's just open this up. Ooh. Like, wow, that's like really um, a powerful story, and I can relate because I used to be into the fitness world. Like, I mean, I still am. Fitness is a huge part of my life. I did a few competitions as well, um, and so I know that world and how it can. Um, take over in a sense, um, mm. in a positive and not so positive way mm. sometimes. So I like how you really explained or opened up the whole feminine and masculine aspect of it. And I would love for you to like go into that a bit more with like how to how you view like the feminine and masculine energies mm. and how to really balance that. Mm -hmm. So my, what I, what I spread and teach comes from the lineage of David Data, which a lot of people are pretty familiar with. He wrote the way of the superior man. Um, but my personal teachers, uh, John Wineland and Kendra Kunov, they are two people that I've been spending a lot of time working with over the past year, two years. So a lot of, that I'm going to share comes from that um, and I always like to give credit where credit is due, but then also there is a spin of my own teachings that I've put into, you know, how, how I like to speak about these things. Mm. So the feminine and the masculine, um, we'll look at, okay, so first off, I, I like to make this very clear that we all have both within us. Mm -hmm. Some people can have, some women can have primarily masculine energy and you know, some men can have primarily feminine energy. That really doesn't matter. What I find is that, um, what I find is that many times there are women who have primarily feminine energy, but what they're so used to is covering up with that perfectionist energy. Mm. And that's not the masculine. And so a lot of women who have struggles with um, their own father or partners of their past, and rightly so, there's almost like this, ugh, like the shiver that goes down your spine when you hear about the masculine. Mm. And maybe even for men, I don't really know, but maybe when men, if they have mother issues or girlfriend issues of the past, when they hear the feminine, they may think, ugh. So I want to like really break this down so people can see how these energies are within you no matter what. Like no matter if people are really paying attention to them or not, the dynamics are at play. So in its core, the masculine is consciousness and presence. It's the part of you that's never changed. Basically, it's that God energy, the divine within you. It's not, it doesn't have a personality or an attitude or like things it loves and doesn't like. It's just consciousness. When you meditate, you are going into your masculine because you're going into nothingness. The feminine is energy. So it's everything that's flowing all the time. Like when we think about that beautiful analogy of a river, the water moving and grooving, always full of energy is the feminine and the bed is the masculine. It's holding it mm. so that it's free to move. And so this dynamic happens within each one of us. Sometimes we need to set containers 
for ourselves, aka boundaries for mm-hmm. ourselves or with others, that's our masculine, mm-hmm. in order so that we feel safe to play, to have fun, to be in our feminine, to let go. Mm-hmm. So one way that I sometimes like to, I've just made up this analogy and it kind of seems to work. Um, if I was, If I was to tell you, like I was going to drop you in the middle of an island that was surrounded by a cliff. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to put this blindfold on you. And I just want you to dance, like dance your feminine heart out, dance on this cliff. It's fine. You'll be fine. Like whatever happens, happens. You'll be okay. If you die, then it's meant to be. (laughs) You probably would not dance. You probably stay extremely still. You have a blindfold on. You can't see anything and you're surrounded by cliffs. Mm. If you were like, hey, you know, I want to dance my my free heart out. I want to be vulnerable and I want to like totally let go, but I really need a solid gate to be put around this island. Can you please do that so I can put the blindfold on and dance? Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what's happening within us at all times. Mm. We're expecting to like the, you know, in, in the spiritual world or I mean, maybe just in the self-help world, there's a lot of talk around like being vulnerable and opening up. And this is so true. This is beautiful. We need this. And also our masculine is calling us to do it in a way that doesn't re-traumatize us. Mm, So So we're not holding space. Right. Exactly. The space holder in any dynamic Mm -hmm. is in the masculine pole. Mm -hmm. Right. So in, in like therapy, the mm-hmm. therapist is holding the space and the person across from them is the one that's free to just totally let go because that therapist has the time. They're going to hold them accountable with when to start, when to stop. They've got the space. It's the master of time and space, as John says. Mm. And the feminine can truly feel free, like to feel her vulnerable heart because she's she feels held and safe whether this happens in relationship or this happens within yourself. Mm. It's a deep practice. It's a deep practice because it's not easy to be like, I'm going to be vulnerable, free and open, but make sure I do it in this kind of way that I feel safe and not re-traumatized and I can truly open up. Yeah. And I guess it requires people to really understand themselves and what they need in order to feel safe. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. It takes, I would say it takes, um, it takes trial and error. Mm. And I don't even like to think about it as error. It just takes play. Mm. And, and it takes going slow. Um, one of my acro best friends says, you can never go too deep. You can only go too fast. So whenever, because she does Thai massage, Thai mm. massage. So she always says like, you can go as deep as you want. Just don't go too fast. And I think that can also be put to this kind of work. And a lot of work that we, we talk about in spirituality mm. is you can go really deep into this. You can start from square one. This might be the first time you've ever heard of the feminine and the masculine for someone listening. And you can already begin by simply being aware and being observant. And you can go really deep into this practice. Just don't go too fast. Mm. Like, don't throw yourself into, even if we're looking at relationship, mm-hmm. you know, people who are, are not taking the time to really get to know someone before they sleep together. Mm-hmm. Or before they even kiss, like maybe you need to start to feel into what is really self-honoring for me in order for me to open my heart to this person. What do I need? I can look at my past relationships and know what didn't work or what felt good and what didn't. If I'm approaching this relationship, what kind of sovereignty and like personal responsibility and ownership can I take over this process to do it in a way that really feels aligned for me and feels safe and I feel held by this person and by myself. Mm. 
That's really powerful. Like, I'm just thinking in my head of like how this plays out in like every, like everything, like not just relationships, but business and Mm. just in general, like having that, would you call it balance? I always say harmony Mm. just because, uh, yeah, it feels like it's, it's, um, it feels like it's completely changing every moment. So like what feels like a really good harmony, what felt like a good harmony this morning is very different from where I'm at now. Mm. I'm like teaching. And so I'm like really summoning in a lot of that energy and I can't be completely spaced out and all ooey gooey and in my feminine. And like, I'm still in that because I want to touch base with my intuition as I'm speaking right now. Mm. But I also know that there is a certain level of like, of, of, um, mm, I would say centeredness and groundedness. Mm. You know, the, Mm. the, the masculine is like the, within you, it's like the, the, the tree trunk. It's like really grounded. It's really centered. Um, it's breath. It's really deep. It's like mm. deep breath. So when you want to be more in your masculine, breathe deeper. Mm. If you want to be in your feminine, dance more. Uh-huh. Well, I, yeah, I just got done dancing myself, which was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like when, as you're speaking, I'm like seeing like little visuals in my mind of like how like right now you're in harmony by being grounded, by being present and also still channeling through and flowing with what is coming through you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that um, like Kendra's really been focusing on and teaching and a lot of the stuff that I'm, I'm doing with them is around pleasure mm. and how if we really want to be as women, um, like it's this, there's this really beautiful thing I feel that's happening with women where we are reclaiming our right to feel good. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to mean sexually. It just means in our body, the body that we've been gifted, the body we're living in, we actually have this really beautiful capability to be able to touch base with something that feels good at any moment. Mm. We're not used to that. We are not used to being like, okay, I'm sitting here right now. What feels really good in my body? Is it the fabric? that is on the chair I'm sitting on or is it the way that the hair is touching the back of my neck and and like really learning how to create pleasure on the spot rather than waiting for it to be put upon us mm. like a man that puts you know his arm around us that feels really pleasurable if it's a trusted man um, having sex can feel really pleasurable if it's with consent and something you really are yearning for but what about when you're just like cooking a meal Mm. Or what about when you're watching a show? Like, does it just turn off? No, but we are used to that. And it's a gift to be able to learn at any given point how to create it yourself. It's really empowering. And it it's, it's, can be challenging for very analytical people to be like, where is the pleasure right now? I cannot find it. Like, I need to locate this. I can't feel it. Oh no, I am failing at this. So you have to be gentle as you, if you, if someone embarks on that journey of like, feeling into their pleasure on a day-to-day basis. What are some things that people can do to begin to recognize that and feel that? Oh man, it's, you know, it's, it's so, oh, okay. So here's one example. And it's, it's really, all of this is so simple really is the best place I think to start is simple. Mm -hmm. Um, but it it feels, it feels kind of silly. So (laughs) even um, silly to me, (laughs) yeah, not silly to you. Um, even like when you are, cooking. And let's say you take a bite of something you're making. 
one way that we can create pleasure when it's an all, not already there is by amplifying it with sound. So like, let's say you take a bite of something instead of just, mm, that was good. Okay. Keep cooking. Like keep doing the task, keep being in my masculine to finish this job, mm. slow down and make a sound. Like how did that feel to taste that? What would it sound like? Would it sound like, mm. <laughs> like taking your time to extend and prolong that oh, feeling amazing yeah <laughs> mm, oh and like you can feel it like I do this with um this is such a random example but I do this with sake every time I drink sake, <laughs> I can't not I like have this whole ritual that I do with sake that one of oh my, my previous lovers taught me he we always did this together and now I do it with everyone I'm with but um what I, why, I don't know why but before you know before Every sip for the first three sips of sake, we always like set an intention, clink our glasses, drink it, and feel really intentionally the warm sake going down our throat mm. and like feel where it's going from the moment it touches the tongue all the way down into the belly and wow. like feel it and make sounds with it and just be like, mm, like, <laughs> let's talk about where the sake is now. It's so weird, but it's just like this great tradition. But do that with your life. Mm -hmm. Do that with the food you're making, the food you're eating. And even like when you're walking, when you're picking up laundry, that's a task. Very often moms are in their masculine when they're picking up their kids' stuff because they need to, right? You got stuff you got to do. But why not create this harmony to where you say, even though I'm in my masculine, I'm doing this job that I have to do, I'm going to make it sacred and I'm going to make it pleasurable. So even as you're picking up your kids' toys, you can listen to amazing, like juicy music while you do it, like sexy music, music that gets you in the mood and you can make sounds and you can sway your hips as you pick up things. You can even feel into the parts of your body that feel really good as you're picking up things. Like maybe your like thighs feel really good that day. And as you're picking up stuff, you just gently touch your thighs as you walk. Mm. It's your body right? It's the claiming of that feminine energy, even whenever we're living in this masculine world full of tasks. Mm, That's really powerful. It's like, it sounds like that would make the day a lot more fun (laughs) to just be like, just to notice more pleasure and have more fun, like while you're doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, so I just moved to New York and I told you this like a week ago. Um, but the other day I was on my way to yoga and I was all like, oh, finally I'm going to like do some yoga. It's going to feel so good. I'm going to treat myself. It's going to be perfect, like expectation on expectation. Mm-hmm. And I'm still getting used to the subway system. And I got on a subway, I mean, one of the, yeah, one of the trains and it like paused underground for like 10 minutes with jam packed of people kind of like a, a worse nightmare because I'm mm-hmm. standing in the back corner and everyone's piling in and I'm, I could have the opportunity, which is what I first did is this sucks. I hate this. I crossed my arms. I huff and puffed like publicly. I was like, <sighs> and then I was thinking like, this is deep practice. Like I could have the opportunity to have deep practice here. This is why I I want to feel what it's like to be in, in my feminineness for moments like this, honestly, like sex is great, but like, can I also feel like an open sensual being when I'm in the corner of a subway jam packed with people? So very simply, all I did was uncrossed my arms and opened my shoulders and breathed. Mm. And I found something good about that moment. 
I like observed people and kind of like thought about their stories. Like it just mm-hmm. sounds like, oh, it, it just, yeah, people watching, but doing it in a way where I was, I was feeling calm and I, I had myself. So even that was like a pairing of the feminine and the masculine, the feminine of being open, physically opening my body and not like closing myself off energetically, mm-hmm. but then also breathing deeper and centering myself and saying, I've got you, you're going to be okay. Everything will be fine. You'll get to the class. Even if you're late, they'll be fine. Yeah. That's like an example of how that can play out day to day too. And music really helps. I feel like when I was living in New York, (laughs) I felt like every time I was walking anywhere on the subway or anything, like just listening to music, like really tapped me in, made me feel good. Made me feel like I was like in my own little movie. And like, that was my soundtrack. Yeah. I love that too. I've gotten really into using all of that time for podcasts. Mm. Um, but I also notice I get distracted where I'm looking at people and then I forget what the podcast is saying. <laughs> but I noticed that too, like listening to music and um, it's a gift, I feel like, to be in New York and have all this time where you can just kind of gel out and listen to things as you do the transportation system. Yeah. yeah. How long have... So you just moved to New York and you've never lived there before? Never before. So I was traveling uh, month to month with my former partner. We met and then a month later we put our stuff in storage and we decided to travel together. (laughs) Um, I would recommend it. I wouldn't say I wouldn't. It was amazing. It was such an experience of a lifetime and he's forever dear to my heart. But uh, one of the places we went to was was Hell's Kitchen Mm -hmm. over Christmas and that was his thing. He was like, I really want to be in, in New York for my birthday and for Christmas and for New Year's. And I was oh. like, oh, I, <laughs> I was like, that sounds terrible. And I kind of like, I did throw like a little tantrum. Like, I don't want to do this. It sounds terrible, blah, blah, blah. Um, so funny. We ended up splitting when we got back to Boulder and I came back. Wow. Like I signed a 12 month lease and here I am like living here and I'm so grateful to all of that for leading me here, but I never thought that this would be something I could do coming from Boulder. Wow. Yeah, it's way different. I lived in New York City for eight years. And wow. yeah, and it's like, I love it. It still feels like home to me, even though I don't live there anymore. I still go often, so we'll have to meet up sometime. Yes. But I, I love New York. The energy there is amazing. What part were you in? I moved so many times when I lived there. Like I mostly lived in Manhattan. So like Midtown, Upper East Side. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I really love Midtown. <laughs> I do. I think it's great. Um, my favorite area so far, I think, is East Village. I love East Village. I lived in East Village for a minute. I moved a lot when I was there. But yeah, I lived on 19th and 2nd for a hot You minute. moved a lot? How in the world could you move a lot here? Like I've moved one time and I'm already like, fuck this shit. Can't do it again. (laughs) Well, back when I was living there, like it was just, like, I I don't know. It was, it was rough. I didn't have a lot of things. That's kind of when I became a minimalist, Mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, it was rough, but it was also not that bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm in a middle ground now because of like, I was all about being as minimalistic as possible. And now I'm all about like having not, I'm not going to say as many things as possible, but just like having the things I'm really happy to have the thing. It's so funny that you say that because 
like you're, you've traveled all over for a year. I felt like my life was like that for a really long time. Like moving when I, I moved a million times when I was in New York and then I moved to Austin and then I moved to Tampa and then I moved back to Austin. And now I'm in that place too, where I'm like, okay, like, let me just, you know, settle in and really make my home home. <laughs> and it feels really good. Yeah. So amazing. There's something I've talked about this a few times on my Instagram and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well. But like when I was traveling in this goes back to the feminine masculine, of course, when we don't have that boundary and safety and structure and in the floor beneath our feet, we feel less creative. We feel less free and vulnerable and open. And so I noticed when I, when I take this into business terms without having like, so your brain can like only dedicate so much space to certain things in your life. And when I was constantly thinking about when do we need to book our flights? What Airbnb are we going to live in? Where's the nearest grocery store? Where do I go to the gym? Do I need to cancel that membership from the last gym, the last place? Like when you have all that stuff running behind the scenes of your brain, there's so little space and room and, and dare I say, energy to go to the creative flow. Mm-hmm. Now, you are a very creative person. It mm-hmm. feels like it's really in your bones. Like and it's like is- my gift is like the artist stuff. Like- yeah, I feel that. So maybe that doesn't, maybe like you're just living that out no matter what. <laughs> are you asking me? Is that yeah. like the question? So um, it's interesting because it's when I was living in New York, I mean, I moved eight times in those eight years and it wasn't once a year. <laughs> It was like, it was a lot. Um, But for me, it seemed really easy to, it seemed really easy to move, to settle in, get myself situated Mm -hmm. and do the things. Um, I didn't feel like it affected my creativity or my energy. Um, It was more so, it started to feel like that, I think, when I was living in, when I moved away from Austin the first time to Tampa. I moved for a relationship and I didn't, I was, I guess I know in my body, I didn't fully feel it, that it was the right thing, like, or the right time I should say. But, um, I did and I made the decision and things didn't really work out. And that is when I was like, felt really ungrounded and, uh, didn't really know, what to do, but I, that's like when my business started really growing, which is the funny uh, thing. Like, yeah. it was like, I just broke up with this relationship. I got an apartment with a roommate at the time. Cause I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to stay here. I like, didn't have like barely any things like a very, like I moved every time I moved across the country, it was with a couple of places. <laughs> And it's easy for me to get rid of things too, what well, well, it has been in the past. And then um, I finally moved back to Austin because I felt like I was like in this little incubator of like actually really building during that time, mm. even though it was like a chaotic time, so to speak, it kind of wasn't. It was just like, I can't explain it. But then once I moved back, it was like I spread my roots more. I'm like, you know, got my dream apartment, fur- fully furnished, like new car, like all the things, soul family here. And yeah, so I don't know if that really answers your question or why that is, but I feel better now that I'm grounded even more. And now more importantly, the community. Mm, yeah. 
That's the most important to me. Yeah. I think grounding comes in different forms and different shapes and sizes. So like maybe for some people, you might not be physically rooted in one home, but you've got your community there wherever you are and Mm -hmm. that's keeping you grounded. So that's allowing the feminine creativity and energy to grow, like for some people. Um, And I think it's not always black and white. It probably never is black and white. And we go through different phases needing different things. And like right now for me, I'm like, I need, I need a physical container, mm-hmm. like a literal container, a thing called a home Yeah, to put my body inside of and welcome to my bed. You can see it. Like I'll sleep here mm-hmm. and nowhere else. And it's, it's just, it's been so nice. I recorded a solo podcast yesterday and it was the first time in probably seven months where I wasn't wow. stuttering my way through it. And I'm like, I don't think I stutter through my podcast, but to me, there's definitely like a fast talking and like a certain energy that comes out whenever I'm not really grounded. And yesterday I recorded one and it felt, I didn't stutter one time and it was so grounded and it was so centered and I was so clear on what I wanted to say. And that's just proof to me that for my feminine creativity, depending on where I am in my life to come forward, there needs to be that masculine grounding Mm -hmm. and it, it it goes for business. It goes for relationships and in relationship, that's like the grounding is like trust and understanding and clarity and communication in order for the open hearted love to pour out. So this dynamic just shows up in, in the, the subtleties of our life and the big picture of our life and, um, yeah, that's why I'm just, I'm so in love with, I'm so in love with all of this. Yeah, it's so fascinating. And it, I used to be one of those people who said that I would always wanted to be like a digital nomad and like travel all over, like, and not really have like a location. And after my experience of moving so much, not that it was bad. And like I said, it wasn't hard necessarily for me, but I have a different, I guess, way of looking at challenges also maybe, but I would I I don't think I would personally personally enjoy like having to book flights and places and not actually have a like if I you know traveling now is different like than if I were to be someone who's like living like the nomad life I personally don't think I would mesh with the nomad life but I always thought I I would for like a hot minute and then I was like actually you know I need my routine like I like my routine and like you know my gym schedule. <laughs> And just having that um, stability. And I, I seemed to create that in everywhere I was. It was always like the routine is what kept me grounded. Yeah. Yeah. See, again, it's like there's still something that's showing yeah. up for you consistently that creates the scenting, the, the, the feeling of groundedness. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like that too. I thought I wanted to be a digital nomad. And, and it wasn't from this last trip. I've, I've, I went to Southeast Asia a few years ago. And I was obsessed with being a digital nomad forever. Like I was like, this is my life now. This is who I am. I will die never having a lease or home. Like, and it was, it was so, it was such a no, like a no brainer to me. I love emotions because when you're really in them, like it, 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 it can be all consuming, which of course has a dark side, but sometimes it has a really beautiful light side where you're just, you have this childlike wonder and, and the, the a very strong ability to just believe. And I felt that I really had this understanding of who I was. And, um, you know, Asia took my heart away and I loved it. And I, I still to this day feel like there's 
some past life of mine where I was definitely living in Asia because there's like something so home about it, even if people, I can't communicate with some of them. But I remember that was when I learned this is not for me. I, I, I need a home and I really missed America. Mm. And it was, it was like, I really, really, really missed America. And I love being here, which I needed. It's just so funny because I remember when I left America to go to Southeast Asia, I was like, America. Like, <laughs> uh. um, and I, I, I have different beliefs around it. I think that a lot of Americans aren't traveling, even though they should. Like the, the number of people that have passports in America, I think is 37%. Really? Yeah, at least that was the percentage about two years ago. I don't know where it is now. But um, I think that fact really fueled me. And I was like, Americans need to get out more. Yeah. And um, But now that I'm, I, I came back, I'm like, I really love this place. It's a nice place. But I do also love to travel. Like that will yeah. be on my, uh, in my heart. Yeah, traveling more is like my intention for the next year, like traveling a lot more, mm. but still having that home to ground into, but like definitely exploring um, now that I have someone special to explore with more. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. So, so cool. Awesome. So how do you, uh, like for business wise, I want to hear... I would love for you, and the people listening would probably love to hear also, like how the feminine and masculine play out in their business mm. and like growing their business, getting into their flow, mm-hmm. and making money. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's a great receiving. question. And what receiving? receiving? Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, <clears throat> okay, so if I was to break it up in more practical terms so people can understand what this looks like on a day-to-day schedule with the feminine masculine. The masculine is the structure you have into your business. If you are primarily feminine energy, there's most likely going to be a bit of a struggle with having goals and having direction. And also the masculine is self oriented. So if you're really in your feminine and you're lacking that masculine energy because you have father wounds that haven't done some work or relationship that wounds and you're trying to stay far away from that masculine. I've seen this happen where people are so turned off in the masculine that they don't create goals. They don't stand up for themselves. Mm. They don't value their work so they don't charge what mm. they are worth. Mm. Because charging X amount of dollars and it's a number that feels really scary if they don't have that self-oriented um, bone in their body, then they're always going to undercharge, mm-hmm. right? So the masculine energy says, I'm self-oriented, which means I have to look after myself, which means also I love myself mm-hmm. and I'm going to charge what I'm, I'm worth. So that, that covers a few different areas, but when we're looking at like your, your schedule, what, where you are going to be and when you are going to be there, how long are you going to be there? You are in the masculine whenever you're figuring those things out. If you're a coach, you need to be in the masculine role. Yes, you want to be in touch with your feminine because especially some clients want more of that nurturing energy than others, but also you're in the masculine pole, which means you are the master of time and space. Mm. You need to tell your clients where to be and when and for how long will you be having this session. You are the one that is responsible for closing up the session on time. That's a huge thing. I know for, for women who are really trying to heal their nervous systems from all the abuse that they've experienced in their life, it... I won't say women. So I will say people who primarily have feminine energy, mm-hmm. who crave to 
calm their nervous system from all the unknowns in the life and the abuse they've experienced and the trust that they've had broken, there's there are very few things that are as like nourishing to hear from a man that says, hey, baby, let me correct that, not a man, <laughs> someone in the masculine pole that says, hey, baby, I'm going to be home at seven o'clock, be ready by 7.30 for me to take you out. We're going out to eat. And after that, we're going to go to a movie and then we're going to be home, like right in time for us to go to bed and snuggle. Like something about that hearing the plan feels so nourishing for so many feminine pole holders, Mm. nervous systems, clarity. It's so nice. And so if you are being in uh, any kind of coaching or teaching other role, know that you are in that masculine pole. It is your job to say, these are the times I'm available for us to connect. Let me know which one works. Mm. Not that well, I don't know. I know like if you're the coach you, and you write an email to someone that wants to work with you and you say, when are you free? I don't know. When are you free? You mm-hmm. are both in that omega sphere. Like no one is taking the lead. And that can be really confusing for someone that's trying to put all their trust in you for you to not come forward as the person that's in charge of time and space mm-hmm. and, and leading the way for them. And that happens at the beginning of the relationship be- between you two, but then also in the middle, whenever you are coaching and you are holding space for them, mm-hmm. for them to have their full embodied experience, whatever they're having, whether it's like talking or it's actually being guided in some kind of healing body work, you're in that masculine pole, but you're always doing this harmony. So Mm. you're still touching base with your feminine wisdom at the same time. You may still be showing up as like a mother energy at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mothers have a lot of both of those energies. Yeah. So it's still within that. Um, Yeah. But the feminine for the feminine creativity to truly pour out in your business you want to have structure you want to have your own personal boundaries and guidelines you can't record a podcast in a room if you never know if someone's going to walk in like literally this is a literal example of how mm-hmm. that's at play you can't freely just open up and like go with your creativity and your inspiration and wisdom if at any minute you're kind of worried in the back of your mind someone's going to be walking in Mm. So sometimes that takes an investment of setting up a space, of having a certain space where you know you can do your magic, you can do your coaching, you can do your healing, whether it be in an office that's a mile down the road from your house so your kids don't disturb you or your partner doesn't disturb you, or setting some sort of boundary or investing in a babysitter so that you don't have to worry about those things because when you're investing in a babysitter to watch after your kids, it's an investment because then magic pours into your podcast or your coaching session. Mm. More money comes in because you have invested to make sure that that podcast is awesome. So more people want to work with you. So sometimes our masculine energy calls us to do things that may be um, I want to say like kind of triggering, like uh, I'm worth this investment of buying a coach or investing in a babysitter or getting an office space. But the masculine calls us to do those things, mm. to go deeper into our work and our practice because it is self-oriented. And it says, look out for yourself, protect your sacred space. And the feminine is community oriented. It's all about let's come together. Let's create together. So mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful. This is all so like interesting and and like powerful work and can help people in so many different ways of their life, their business, their income, their you know, just growing as a person. Mm-hmm. And 
man, it's like really like, I, I feel like I want to dive even deeper into all of this too. Isn't it so fun? It's yeah. so fun. And it's so like wild to me how this is, is happening spiritually, um, physically, um, dynamically with other people. Like someone's always, it seems like you're always on some end of the pole. Like maybe you're not in the feminine, the person in front of you is in the masculine, but you're always doing some sort of dance whenever you're listening and you're talking and you're switching roles and you're holding space and you're taking space and you're giving and you're receiving. Um, When you're in your yin and you're in your yang by yourself, like this is just constantly coming up in the way we eat, the way we move, the way we talk, the way we relate, the way we pray. It's just amazing to me. Like this conversation feels endless. I know. I can tell you're like super passionate and have so much knowledge and, and insights about all of this. Thank you. So thank you for sharing all of this and sharing your magic. Where can people find out more about the work that you're doing and dive deeper into all of this? Yes. So you can find me at maddiemoon.com. That's Maddie with a Y. And on there, I have information about my retreats. I do one called the Feminine Surrender. Um, Don't know when this is airing, but I have one in May. And um, I have a podcast called Mind Body Musings that's been around for about five years now. Mm. And you can find that on my website, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, lots of blog posts on my site, been writing for years and years and years. And, um, I'm very active on Instagram, which is Madeline Moon, M-A-D-E-L-Y-N Moon. Lots of stories, lots of, lots of like poetry, lots of thoughts over there. Oh, love it. Love it. So everyone listening, make sure you go check Maddie out and jump into all the stuff that she's doing. I'm just so grateful for you and for you sharing all of this on here and sharing your beautiful energy and connecting. And it's been awesome. Thank thank you. you. This, this was wonderful. This was such a great interview and I feel like totally lit up and on fire from this magic. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day.